The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship relationship. Give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. And my name is Dr. Mona Lisa. About a decade ago, there was all these appearances of angels. Angels sitting on bookshelves. Angels sitting on desks. Angels, angels, angels. Some of them were mature, some of them were young. There were all kinds of angels. Some, but some of them looked Cubanesque. Some of them serious. And then around the time of the Jersey Shore, which was a reality show on TV, a bunch of people living in a house on, well, the Jersey Shore, there were a lot of beverages and illicit relationships in a hot tub on a house on the boardwalk, a lot of people were having tattoos and shirts that had angel wings. It it was a funny thing. You, You had these two angel wings on your back. Everyone had them. It it was interesting to the point where I wonder if people had to get those tattoos removed because they were large. They weren't like little sweet little wings they they were extended down the entire rib cage on either side impressive now i don't know if this was a a comment on how if you thought you were angelic or you thought that um they would cover up um rambunctious behavior underneath or what that was but there was a whole angel thing. And to be honest with you, I thought they were cool t-shirts. No, I never got one. And then they disappeared. And then the angel statues, pens, 
housewares went on the 50% off bins and angels kind of went out of favor. There was a um, whole time when people were trying to contact the angels. They wanted to see the angels. They categorized them and so on and so on. There were angel trainings and et cetera, et cetera. And then that too went by the wayside as fads do. So you wonder, I often wondered whether people who were very spiritual, very religious, or in fact died, ever ran into an angel, tripped over a wing, saw some feathers, oh, what did they look like? Well, today's show is going to help you understand what are our angels really and how can that whole field of inquiry help you handle life-threatening illnesses and problems that prevent you from having life, liberty, meaning freedom, and the pursuit of happiness. Today's show is going to help you move beyond all those barriers because angels are on the other side of the barrier between heaven, the heavens, and earth. Again, this is Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. We're taking, uh, well, we can't take calls because ironically, as soon as I started to do this show on angels, prepared it, wrote my three-page prepared document for the show, put the lights on, got rid of all the detritus in the, in the office, then got the phones ready, got a red phone, one line, landline, earthbound, I might add, landline. And then I got another landline because nothing succeeds like redundancy, you know, if there are little accidents. And I noticed that they hadn't rang a lot for a while since noon. Then I took them off the hook and I heard no dial tone. <laughs> they were both dead. D-E-D, D-E-A-D, dead, 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 or at least in my house. No one on earth could get a hold of me on earth, mind you, in my house. However. People could call those lines in my answering service. So the number worked, but not contacting me. When we get a life-threatening, life-stopping problem, like cancer, autoimmune, or a um, problem in our life that prevents our freedom from movement, like bankruptcy, divorce, someone has an affair on us, we get sued. We have a legal problem. We could go to jail. We lose our freedom, our liberty. And then, of course, if we develop depression, anxiety, panic, paranoia, fear, anger, rage, mean, resentful, or just plain boredom, unhappiness, or stuck. 
no friends or you hate the friends you're with, can't trust them, you hate your work, your parents or your children, your relationships are running afoul, you're stuck, you're not happy. So you're having problems with health, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Literally, getting in touch with someone on earth, you've tried, you've done therapy, you've called physicians, you've done the gambit, surgery, physicians, everything. And of course, that's the first thing you do. You get on the phone and you call, and then they call you back <laughs> on the landline. It's land-based solutions. You go to therapy, you talk to a clergy person. You look things up on the web, you go to the library. Land-bound solutions. You get supplements, you go to the pharmacy, you get medicines. You get treatment, massage therapy, blah, blah, blah. It can only take you so far. And then the lines don't contact you anymore. They don't work. The lines are down. And that's what happened five minutes before the show. I noticed, how are people going to call for live readings? It's not going to work. I can't understand it. And that's because the show is on angels. It's not getting messages from terrestrial landlines. It's getting information clairvoyantly, clairaudiently. I didn't arrange this. It happened. From other realms. Now, the reason why I started this show with the cutesy pie stuff in the New Age era of, you know, the little sweet things, that the note cards with the angels and the beanie babies and then the tattoos and stuff, is it was a sweet little thing. And then people using meditative exercises or getting cards to find a symbolic communication to angels. However, there's nothing like a crisis where all roads on land are blocked. You're alone with it. The pain from chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, lying. That depression, the medicine has stopped. The panic, the medication has stopped. The alcohol, the addiction, the divorce, the legal problems, they are blocked. The friends won't call you anymore. No one will help. They can't. You've tried it already. That the landlines are dead. So you have to get you still try them. Believe me, I didn't have enough time to call the phone company and fix the lines. <laughs> but, I, you know, you're desperate. You want to give up. And part of me wanted to cancel this. But I went, I refuse. Because I see you have to look at this has the hand of the divine on it. You have to say to yourself, this is not a coincidence. <laughs> it's just not. It couldn't possibly be a coincidence. And you can roll over and go, you know what? I'm not dealing with this. 
And that's a very normal human thing. I'm in pain, I'm tired, or it's a holiday. Right now it's July 5th. And everybody, I see people, you know, screaming with joy in the first summer day. It's sun and fun. First day in 36 days of rain in Maine. So you have to give it to me. There would be a lot of reason for me to go the hell with it. I am going to go out into the sun and cancel this. But no one will believe that I will say, oh, my phones are down. I refuse because that fits into this show, which is what do you do when you've lost health, freedom? That means you don't, you're entangled with a conflict in a marriage, a relationship, finances, a bad neighbor. They say now in the United States, more people's rents are going up. So they're being, um, what do you call it when you get evicted? These are serious, serious problems or the cars are being repossessed. You're losing your liberty, your freedom of movement, of living. And of course, there's the pursuit of happiness, that you're miserable. Then what do you do? Playing with a deck of cards can only get you so much. It's probably the half-life of Valium, 12 hours. Then they call it, what they call it is the dark night of the soul. You have to ask yourself, when all the lines are down and all your friends are busy or tired of talking with you and your perils, you have to listen and look for the divine message behind this madness. You have to go to what I call the intuitive intensive care unit, which is staffed by angels. The thing is, you go in there and it looks empty. Our brains are constructed so you can only see things on earth. We have visual, auditory, sensory pathways that you can see stuff like a landline. It's on the land. You know, like when you're on a boat, you go, land ho, you can see the land, you can see the island, right? And they're like, where? I don't see it. And you're like, fix your glasses. There must be some salt on it. It's right over there. And they go, oh, I see it. And they give you the coordinates. They give you the direction. You can see it. Or you need to get your eyes checked. Or hearing. They go, um, where is it? I can't hear it. It's over to your right. Listen really closely. I still don't hear it. Stop talking and you will hear it. I will, but I'm in pain. Listen and you will hear it. Oh, way in the distance. That's right. It's there. It just so happens that the areas in our brain for the pathways for hearing and seeing and body sense if you play them backwards, it's like the Beatles album. When you played it backwards, they went, Paul is dead. Paul is dead. I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. But when you follow those pathways for seeing and hearing and body sense in your brain, seeing is internal, inward, internal imagery or clairvoyance. Hearing is internal hearing, clairaudience. And body sense is an inner sense of feeling. What does it feel like? Clear sentience. Same thing with smell and taste. And 
our intuitive senses use those pathways, piggyback them like B-side on an old 45 RPM record, LP, RPM, I can't remember which one, that they use the B-side of the record to give you information when the A-side is landline, the B-side is intuitive or mystical line. And most people only listened to the number one hit, was, which was on the A-side. But the B-side is the intuitive hit. And it's usually censored. It doesn't get played on the radio. That's the thing with angels. You usually don't see them because they're on the flip side. Our brains censor them, the frontal executive function, because they don't make sense. And to talk about them and to see them would mess up the order of the world. It would mess up um, marrying, having committed relationships, certain work environments, um, parents, children, and so on. Because you can imagine if, let's just say, you were a psychiatrist. And there was an angel over your shoulder and you listen to a patient who's a pathological liar. And the patient goes, my parents were bastards. And your angel goes, no, they weren't. <laughs> this actually happened to me. First day. It wasn't an angel, it was intuition. And the patient, he keeps going on. They were bastards. The angel goes, uh-uh. So you're like, go away. And you see, hear, and sense. And all of us get a sense when somebody is giving us a line. All of us have a variety of angels. In Catholicism, they say that we have a variety of them. There's a famous, um, very funny comedian, Kathleen McGadigan. And she talks about, don't bother Jesus. It's hilarious. Do I ever want to look her up? It's a whole audio. Don't bother Jesus. Outside of our medical school, there was a statue, which is interesting because of Jesus in his adolescent years. Does usually have baby Jesus, adolescent years, and mature years. 20s, 30s, 40s. Anyway, and then you have the later years, the cross years, which are very sad. However, the statue, the adolescent years, was sitting on Mary's lap. And the statue on the bottom says, to Jesus through Mary. And in that sense, the nuns would say, you can't bother Jesus. Jesus is the executive. The statue said to Jesus through Mary. So Mary, in a way, picks up the line and you have to go through her and she might take a message and she may or may not send it to Jesus, depending on the seriousness of it. And so the nuns would tell Kathleen McGadigan, do not bother Jesus. You have a whole variety of angels and messengers that are at your beck and call. Number one, you have your personal um guidance guide or i can't remember what it was who sits on your left shoulder they excuse me they don't sit they stand they, you sit at your desk at school and they stand they're not allowed to sit 
and you give them all of your requests during the day. If you can't get a hold of them, then there are a series of angels that you can call. And she goes through the speed dial, like a phone tree. And it's very, very funny because she mimics the nuns, as we all did. I didn't go to a Catholic school, but everybody did because they're very serious. And then she says, if you can't get any hold of any of those people, you can always get a hold of Mary. Because Mary is always available for your needs. So in essence, angels are messengers. They're like the phone bank down in the hotel lobby. Well, if you call zero in any hotel, they'll say, um, operator, and you will get a messenger and they will patch you in to what you need. So the thing is, is the majority of time when you're walking around the, the hotel, you don't hear them. You don't hear their voices at all because you're downstairs speaking in a room. You're, and they speak in a certain low tone. Our brains don't hear it. You don't hear everything that's going on. You go psychotic. Your brains shut out most of the noises, actually via the thalamus, but you don't need to know that. Your brain shut out most of the sights. Your brain shut out most of the sensation until you go through menopause and testopause. And then your hormones change, and then you get hyperacusis. You hear more but you get more clairvoyant or intuitive. You feel, see more, you get more clairvoyant, and you get more clairsentient. And then you get more interested in nascent mysticism and spirituality and so on. And then in some cultures, they threw you in the hut and called you a wise woman. They didn't want to hear from you because you became less censored. And then you got interested in angels because you're interested in talking to people at the front desk, the messengers. Because you wanted to know how high you could go. I went, in my culture, we went to see Cordendatas. They didn't call them medical intuitives, and they certainly didn't call them angels. They called them Cordendatas. One was Senora Pozo, and the other one was Senora Marrera. Both of them looked at the ceiling, and both of them used paraphernalia. They always use paraphernalia, because it's like cue cards on TV. So she would shake rosary beads. He shook a crucifix. I don't know if there was a male, female kind of thing, or, you know, there was gender in the old world, but suffice it to say, Senora Marrera spoke to the ceiling and shook um, rosary beads. And the messengers were people up there that helped people with their health. So she's shrieking, shaking, and that's what angels are. It means messages. And they help you through life-threatening, life-stopping problems. So she's going on and on and on and on. And each culture, through the beginning of time, they've called them different things. So I said in broken Portuguese, poke fala a ceiling. <laughs> you know, the word Portuguese word for ceiling. And she said, when you have problems, you go to the top. Well, that's like the, that's like the calling tree. If you can't get in touch with your personal guy, you go to this angel or you go to that angel or you keep going up the phone tree until you get to the top. And so, but let's just say this, you don't stay on the floor you're at. 
because you've already called everybody. You've already done every landline and it hasn't helped you. And that's why she said, well, in broken English, when you have problems, you go to the top and you keep going up and up and up and up. And the thing is, a lot of times when you go higher and higher, you don't understand the language. And that's when you when you get information, you have to ask people like spiritual advisors, maybe a priest, maybe a minister, or someone else who understands what those symbols mean, which can occur to you through a dream, an animal. There are a variety of symbols that they can occur in um, since the beginning of time or body symptoms. Uh, Jung said that dreams are a conversation with the divine, which last I checked was part of the angelic realm. My point is, in many cultures, they have our body and our brain can connect to it. I had, in my psych residency, a patient who had a lesion in her temporal lobe, a tumor. And it wasn't a fun thing for her, and it never is. Because the angels don't come, you know, they don't come door to door and say, hey, you know, it's a good time to stop by. Why don't you just get the fan family in the car, and we'll go out for a beverage, maybe even a beer. But, you know, angels don't do beer because we're, you know, there was a trouble once. So we don't do the beer. <laughs> but we'll all go out to a bar and we'll do pretzels and maybe some karaoke because angels do karaoke, you know. We don't advertise it, but we do. No, that's not what happens. They come during extreme times of near, near need. Excuse me. That's why it's called the intensive care unit. It's not for fun and yucks. So you go to them, they don't go to you. The intensive care unit does not come door to door. It's not fun. So she had a tumor. She was upset about it because she said the angels came, knocked down parts of her house and moved things around. She wanted them to stop. Did an MRI and part of her temple lobe was consumed by a brain tumor. It was removed and she got better. She's very disturbed. She says, get them out of my house. I want them out. Suffice it to say, soon thereafter, they returned. But the tumor didn't return. And I said, what are you doing? Nothing. Are you sure? Nothing. Nothing at all. I found out she was doing, you know, cocaine, some other kind of medicine, which, given her brain was scarred, didn't work. So I gave her the option of stopping that. Nope. So that was it. I said, you're going to be bunking with angels, harassing you. They're going to be living in your house, not paying rent. All of us have areas in our temporal lobe, areas in our brain that are connected to our body. And it's the wiring for religious experience, spiritual religious experience. That's in a book called the um, neuro, the neuropsychiatry of subcortical disorders, and there's a whole chapter. I think it's chapter APA Press, 1988. 
the whole chapter, I think it's chapter 10 or 12, is about um, the anatomy of religious experience. And there's a whole chart in there about mystics who, you know, have visions and saw spiritual beings. Um, Catherine Genoa, Teresa of Avila, they're all mystics. And many of them were intuitive. We all have that area of our brain. It's just hyperactive in them. Yours becomes hyperactive when you dream at night, which explains the dreams are a conversation with the divine. A la Jung and maybe Freud, but they had an argument on a cruise ship. I diverse. I died on whatever the word is. I'm still a little wigged out by the phones. Hopefully they'll just, after an evening of very calm Netflix or Hulu, will go back as God intended. Suffice it to say, you can start to see angels as messengers in your life and find out what they're saying to you. It's not always pleasant. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, you know, Pavlov stimulus response. Anybody who's taken psychology, Pavlov, they did something um, and they rang a bell and the dog learned something. Stimulus response. Well, it's con it's conditioning, behavioral conditioning. The thing is, a lot of times, if something happens to us in our lives, if we don't get it, if we, the bell doesn't go off, it will happen again and happen again. So in other words, we meet a certain kind of person in our life, we get sick. The bell doesn't go off of recognition in our life. We don't connect it. Okay? That person leaves. We'll meet someone just like them. We get sick like that again, because remember now, the emotional area, amygdala, body memory, mystical experience connects via the brainstem to the body. That's the essence of medical intuition. But we don't put it together. No bell goes off. We do it again, we do it again, and we do it again. And then we have a dream that we see this kind of person entering into our life. 
it's like we are visited by an image. That's an angel. Now, it may not be a pleasant angel. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to meet someone. Well, if you study angels, there's angels of death. There's angels of this. There's angels of that. There's all kinds of angels. There's fallen angels. I guess there's all kinds of angels. The point of the matter is, that's an angel that's of the next person you're going to meet that's going to cause you to have the same health problems. If you don't recognize them and the bell doesn't go off like Pavlov's dog, you're going to get the same problem again, again, and again, and again, until the bell rings and you have conditioned uh, learning. That is, in essence, what angels are all about. It's intensive care, meaning intensive learning, They care intensively on your capacity to live better, to be freer than you are now, and to be happier than you are now. And the only way to do that sometimes is to be pushed, shoved, or even have a pleasant message. This could be better. The other day, I had a rare cameo appearance of a non-nightmare. I usually have dreams of being in a lab. I'm a scientist working in a research lab on brains. And um, I worked in a blood lab, platelets, and I worked in a cancer lab, and I even worked in a gonorrhea lab. That was an interesting trip. But suffice it to say, I have had a recurrent dream where I go back to the brain lab, and they've held my part of the bench open for me, but I haven't been there for a while. And I'm way behind. And they think that, you know, I'm a failure. So it's pretty obvious what that dream means. That I've left an area of inquiry out of my life. And I don't feel good about it. Then recently, I had a dream that I walked into this this lab, this new lab, for the first time and decided to study something. And the very first day, and this happened the first time I ever set foot in the lab, the very ever in 1982, I walked in this blood lab the first day that was teaching me how to use a machine and I discovered something by accident. That happened in this dream. New lab, new area of inquiry. I walk in, I start the experiment and I discover something brand new. And I'm like, wow. And I wake up feeling absolutely elated, like I've never been before. And when I check my sleep on my ring, this is an aura ring, my heart rate variability, my deep sleep, and my REM were amazing that night. So I'm like, wow, what does that mean? Angels can also give you, bid you, if you can only listen and note them, that you're moving in the right direction. Keep going. Does it mean you can always know what the reasoning is? No. But you could intuitively feel relief and improvement in your health. And that tells you what you're doing is better. Sometimes with all the supplements, all the medicines, all the treatments we do, we don't know what's working, not working, taking all this crap. And do we keep taking all of this? You know, B, I, B, all the B vitamins, all the C, all that stuff. 
We have no idea. And then you get a message, keep going. It was wonderful. That happened today too. I walked into a blood lab, Naval Blood Research Lab. I walk in, first day. I have a little reading problem. They put me on the machine and they said, we're going to teach you how to use this platelet. It's called an aggregometer. So they give me a protocol, which I call a recipe. And one was get the buffer, create a buffer, which involved adapting the pH and then getting the platelets and putting aspirin in something called um, the buffer. So the problem was I had trouble with the buffer because that I, I had to ask someone how to use the pH meter. And I didn't want to do that because that was a whole other other thing because I'd have to go up to the second floor and I didn't want to do that. So I kind of skipped it. Instead of creating a buffer, I used tap water. It's really bad. But I figured, you know, what the hell? What the hey? So I just did the experiment, learned how to use the aggregometer. And at four o'clock, I hand the paper to my boss, Dr. A., and I said, it worked. And he went, what do you mean it worked? I said, it did. The platelets didn't clump with aspirin, which is supposed to prevent platelets. That's why people use aspirin to prevent heart attacks. They didn't clump with aspirin, but they did with just the fluid. I didn't say buffer. He said, really? What was the pH of the buffer? I went, you know, that was a little, I'm very honest. He said, that was a little bit of a problem. I didn't ever do the buffer. He went, you didn't? He said, what was the pH of it? I said, I really don't know. I used tap water. He said, you did, but the experiment worked. I said, yeah. I said, why? He said, because we've never been able to get it to work. I said, I've got to go. I've got to go to Steve's ice cream before the lines are around the building. He said, you're not going anywhere. We've never been able to get it to work. I went, oh my God, I want to go to Steve's ice cream. That was my first publication. That's how angels, miracles, it's better than all those little Cupid dolls. Angels can help you in many forms with severe life-threatening, life-stopping problems to help you find life, lachayim to life, better health, liberty, freedom, when you feel, oh, fenced in, by pain, finances, unhappiness, and the pursuit of who you are and where you're supposed to be going. You want to know more about this? Subscribe Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, this forum is educational only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. If you're in an emergency, please go to your nearest emergency room. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200. Well, you know, that's the um, monopoly thing. Um, if you want a private reading, we're about to do readings. Remember, this is uh, not a physician-patient relationship, but if you want a private reading, two hours, go to my website, www.drmonalisa.com, 207-846-6475. That phone will be ringing right now to an answering service, but not to my office. Um, but remember, those are not a physician-patient relationship. I don't give you a diagnosis or prescribed treatment. 
or do psychotherapy. Um, each year, I have a seven-day class, which is a medical intuition summer camp that teaches you how to use medical intuition to create health and happiness and intuitive mysticism. So I am opening the lines now. You can't call in, put your um, hand up and unmute yourself if you have a question about how to heal a block or get beyond a block and a barrier in your life with mysticism. When you use the word angel, people get emotionally and visually constipated because they think it's going to be something with wings and stuff like that. Our our brain creates an image of something so we can relate to it. Are angels like that? No. Actually, in all kinds of texts, whether it was the Bible or whatever ancient spiritual text, angels shapeshifted. They appeared as normal beings in all kinds of different situations because they were messengers. Um, and if someone you know knocked on your door complete with wings and stuff, I don't know if you'd answer the door. A lot of people wouldn't listen to the message if, you know, the person looked like a wingnut. So they came in all kinds of guises. The whole concept of an angel having to have wings and feathers um, I think that that's an image that we do so that we can categorize and feel safe if that's our ethos. But it's not necessarily what is recorded. Think about it as water. Water can be solid. It can be liquid. It can be a gas. It can be all forms. So if I flung an ice cube at you and I said, can you hand me some water? You give me a glass of water. You wouldn't give me an ice cube. Or you wouldn't throw steam at me. You give me a glass of water. All of them are forms of water. The same thing with angels. They come in all kinds of forms. So that's why I say, you ever see an angel? Then you think I was pookie pookie in a wing nut. I've never seen an angel. I work in the fields of medical intuition. I've never seen a chakra. People talk about chakras. They talk about energy medicine. I've never seen energy either. On the other hand, I'm a physician, a scientist, and a neuroanatomist. I see things on clairvoyant. So when I teach intuition, I don't teach people how to see, hear, or feel a certain thing. I want to know what you see, what you hear, how you're wired. So you're not going to necessarily, for to see a messenger or get a message, messenger, this show calls them angels. But I'm asking, how do you get your messages? whether they're kicks in the pants or have they been at the cereal or in a dream form, or if you are stuck now, how do you need to move forward in an area you've been stuck? And I might be able to try to help you. Not that I'm an angel, trust me. Anybody got a question? 
because otherwise I got a weenie roast to go to. And I think Judge Judy is on. Raise your hand. Yes. Donna, go ahead. Oh, well, how do you get an angel to like intervene for you or, or to help? How do you do that? How do you even go about that? So you just the thing is, is that let me give you an example. You ever see those movies where people are at a ball game and they've raised their hand to get someone to give them popcorn or peanuts? Usually it's a comedy and usually either the person never sees them because they don't raise their hand high enough or they don't scream loud enough or they're on the way but they're impatient or this was on Will and Grace the other day. I thought it was hilarious. By the time the popcorn comes, this was the time they were watching um, Olympics on Ice. And by the time the popcorn came, behind Angel came, people around them got up and the popcorn went everywhere. <laughs> so by the time, it was hilarious. And by the time you, you get the message, something distracts you and you look somewhere else and it diminishes the significance of it or you don't even see it's a message. So for example, the first time I woke up and couldn't feel my fingers, I felt that that was the most awful thing because I couldn't go into neurology. That wasn't an angel. That was horrific, a crisis. Are you following me? Because I had paid so much money and I had created my whole life to be like that. So I went into another career so I could sit down. And then a year and a half later, I applied again. And then it happened again. It wasn't like I picked something up. It was unbelievable. All the reasons why people, their back goes out. You hear this all the time. You know, I, I was mowing the other day or weeding and my back went out. Or you hear people on TV, they had sex and they have to go to the emergency room because, you know, their back went out when they were having sex or something. Nope. The second time I sneezed to the point where I was paranoid for years that the sneezing made it to it. And that was it. At that moment, I said, I didn't say an angel spoke to me. I said, God spoke, no neurology for you. Because it sounded like to me, it sounded like the soup Nazi <laughs> on Seinfeld. No soup for you. Because I've studied comedy and I try to make fun of something that's extremely painful. I was so upset. I was looking at apartments in Chicago. It wasn't an angel. It was awful. So I graduated. I cried. I felt terrible. I only did my practice because I had to pay back student loans. I did medical intuition so that I could pay back student loans. Then I got my first book contract so that I could pay back, oh, I could buy this house. I wasn't supposed to do this, don't you understand? And then I was on the Oprah show ridiculous as that was, I wasn't supposed to do that either or either. 
And so you understand that you get dragged kicking and screaming by angels. No, there was nobody with wings. There were no feathers. There was no nothing. I got nothing. And not only that, when I died in the OR with a spinal surgery, I didn't see any tunnel. I didn't see any light. I saw nothing. <laughs> For someone who works in this field, I don't get anything here. Nothing. Really, I don't really, I don't see any of that stuff. Died in the first 10 minutes, bled out. My inferior vena cava ripped. I mean, how much closer do you get? I mean, really died. They come out, you know, and the surgeon says we're trying to save her. No blood, no nothing. My point is, and yes, I have one. Those are signs. You're going in the wrong direction. There was a movie called Twister. They're on the road. A cow flies at them with a tornado, a house on fire, and then a 16-wheeler. And she says, gee, she's saying signs. You think we should get off of this road? Meaning if you stay on this road, the tornado is going to take you out. There are angels. I mean, you could say it's a cow angel and it's a truck angel. But there's signs or messages. In Judaism, in Judaism, our body, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it wrong because I have speech impediment in the United States. I in English, so you know, Hebrew, hello. It's called mitzbiach. Our body's like a table. It has a north, south, west, and east. Okay. And each direction has the name of a soul, which drove me crazy because I'm very academic. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't have four different words for soul. It has to be one. I don't want to hear it, but didn't mean it. There were four souls. Okay. And each side of this table, there was a different word for soul. And each side of the table, there was a different angel. So I went, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. So each year I studied this because you read the same thing over again. I was going to figure it out. It was very interesting because south is goof, which is the physical body form of soul. Think about that. From my point of view, that's first through seventh chakra, sixth chakra. Seventh is life-threatening illness. Goof. Raphael sat there. Hmm. Interesting. And then north is Nefesh, Uriel, which is an emotional, instinctual kind of soul. I went, do tell. Interesting, because the body is connected to the, wait for it, temporal lobe. Interesting, do you say? And then I did put this together. If you publish this, I have cats on speed dial, and that's not a landline. <laughs> they will find you, and they will nip you right on the ankle. West is Ruash, and that is an intellectual, more cognitive soul, and that's Gavriel. That's West. And east, where you're supposed to pray, facing, it's Neshima. And that's the part of your soul that connects to the divine. 
The West Rausch cognitive is the frontal lobe, the part that senses everything. And that connects up to the divine, Neshima. So that's what I call, you know, I'm going to do the brain anyway, because I'm oppositional defiant. I'm going to do the brain. I didn't go into behavioral neurology. I did psychiatry. I'm a neuroanatomist. I have an MD, PhD, but I'm going to take that, combine it with medical intuition to help people create health, happiness, and the pursuit of liberty. So that's my network for the soul. And when I was doing medical, when I was doing neuroanatomy, my mentor was Dr. Pandya. He was Indian. He died, God rest his soul. It was very difficult. I wanted to do right brain and left brain. He didn't want me to do that. Now, he, did, he explained that to me or demonstrated that to me in a not very kind way, but everybody has their way. You might say he was an angel. I'm not kidding you. Because I showed with somebody at Harvard that there was a difference in a right brain and a left brain in a rat. I showed it three times, what meant, which meant that there's language in rats. Now, given that you think that there's no language, most people, a lot of people think there's no language in animals, a rat has it. So think of all the other animals who have language, okay? Think about, they probably give us the paw when we walk by, but I digress. I remember when I was walking down the street with Carolyn Mace, you know, I would say hello to, you know, squirrels and things like that. And she'd go, hey, St. Francis of Assisi, zip it, Skippy. <laughs> Why? Must you say hello to everything? I said, you know, you're rude. Some might say they all have spirits. I said, you just walked by that squirrel. You didn't even say hello. Hello? Rude. <laughs> she looked at me and didn't know what to say. <laughs> I went, yeah, come on now. Suffice it to say, majority of our brain inhibits perception of the connection to the divine, because we have to. When you go by a cop and you speed, if you're on your way to meet something or someone or you think you're late, majority of the time you're not even listening to your intuition. Oh my God, there's a cop on the other side of the underpass. Uh, uh, uh. Or you may, but you're like, ah, uh, forget about it. I, it's not there. And you don't listen to it. That's just intuition. So, you know, life on earth keeps going, going fast. And that's the way it works. Suffice it to say, unless you have an unusual brain, there's something different about how your body, through crises and tragedies, one after the other, after the other, wears you down. And then, you know, an angel comes through, you know, one illness after another, a one nightmare after another, and warns you, you know, this isn't working for you. A messenger through your body, goof. So, or through nephesh, your temporal lobe, through dreams, a communication with the divine, or frontal lobe, interpretation of the symbols and nature. Aborigines, or Neshama, through praying, through chanting, and its connection with the divine, or the whole Gamish. That's, from my perspective, the, 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 the soul network. And angels, or the metaphor, 
or a messenger from the divine through that network to our body. That is one way of explaining it. Now, I ask you, do you think I was happy with a messenger that got me out of neuroanatomy? I wouldn't be talking to you today. I got yells, clicking, and screaming twice. So the more crises you have, the more tragedies you have, the more times you've been visited, and the more messages you get. Is that mean that you created them? No, unless you sent invitations to say, I'd like a good breast cancer. No. No, you didn't. Or I'd like to go through bankruptcy or I'd like someone to have an affair on me. No, you didn't. However, there's always a message next to the gene that encodes that problem, next to the trauma that helps encode it. There's always something that is a message wrapped around it. Like the chocolate on the outside of a yodel we used to buy, or maybe the cream inside. I don't know which one. I never got yodels. I had to trade in school. I want to thank you for welcoming me into our day. Be well, be brilliant, and live with exuberance. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.